Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome into episode number 114 of the Legal Sports Report podcast. Adam Candy joined by Dustin Gauker. No, we did not kick Matt Brown out after a middling performance last week. He actually was great uh, in his return, but a little more vacation time for Matt as we handle Dustin, those slow summer months of news, or wait a second. No, it hasn't been anything like that at all. This has been one of the busier weeks, I would say, in the three plus years of legal sports betting in the United States, uh, we were talking earlier this week about the fact that there were stories that got bumped down the priority list that we think probably would have warranted a month of coverage two years ago. And here we are trying to just get to everything. So we will talk about a couple of major acquisitions in the space, including DraftKings, Golden Nugget, Penn and the score. Uh, Florida has a major milestone, at least for now. And then Arizona has more applications than it does sportsbook licenses. We're going to get to all of those things here in just a moment, but we remind you, follow us on Twitter at Dustin Gauker at Adam Candy. They're spelled like they look like they sound. Uh, follow Matt Brown at Matt Brown M2. You really should, even if he doesn't want you to subscribe, rate and review Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you know, you'll find us there. We start from the top, though, Dustin, with super bids. The New York super bids are in. And wow, uh, we, we thought there would be some big names coming together. We had heard some rumors out there, Dustin, and it certainly did not disappoint when we found out on Monday who had put in for the two platform provider and four sportsbook operator licenses. Yes, uh, this it's it's hard to pick out what was the most important piece of news, but I think obviously this New York news and what's what's going to happen in New York uh, has to trump it. This is the biggest sports betting market that's coming online, uh, so we will see what happens there. But yeah, just a massive bid. We heard the whispers of this. I think we've probably even mentioned it on this podcast. But DraftKings, BetMGM, FanDuel, and then BallyBet also on top on this working together for one of the bids. For to offer New York sports betting, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine a bid that includes the three market leaders in sports betting across the United States is not the one that's picked. If you're picking anybody else, you're you're probably limiting the size of your market both now and to the foreseeable future. We have five other bets that we know uh, as well. We know of uh, another kind of big one, which uh, 
is a platform by led by Candy Camby. Yeah, Candy Camby. I, I have um, no involvement, just to be clear. <laughs> not Adam's source book, although that that would probably be great. Uh, <laughs> Camby with Caesars uh, and other sports books as well. Uh, a couple other ones, including uh, Three Sixty Five, uh, Bet Three Sixty Five, Points Bet, Rush Street Interactive. Uh, sorry, I'm getting these mixed up because there's so many of them. The Caesars there are, one is there are a lot of them to keep straight in this the, weirdo market. Uh, the the one bit is Camby is led by Camby with Caesars, Resorts World, Points Bet, Rush Street, Win Bet, uh, and then there are these other ones that are one offs. Uh, the Score, which we'll talk about later in terms of Penn National, Fox Bet, uh, another one that's under the Flutter Fandle banner, but it has its own bid. Uh, Bet three sixty five, obviously a worldwide. Uh, leader and then another uh, multi-platform one which is uh, Fanatics which we've talked about here former FanDuel CEO is part is uh, leading the uh, apparel company's foray into sports gambling along with Penn National and presumably Barstool Sportsbook so most of the names that we're familiar with from this podcast in the, in the nascent U.S. sports betting market have bids of some sort so what it comes down to is kind of handicapping this and I, I tried to handicap at the beginning the big the big guys uh, are probably going to get in in New York. You have to imagine. So if we look at all of these bids, Dustin, I think the, another thing to keep important, uh, keep in mind that's important is that it's not just two necessarily. Uh, New York State has the option to select more than two bids if it thinks more than two bids can ultimately be profitable. And of course, what we don't know with any of these bids is what the revenue share proposals are. We have no idea how much of their money these companies have proposed giving back to the state of New York. Keep in mind also that that major FanDuel DraftKings BetMGM Bally bid also reportedly, according to The Athletic, uh, includes the New York Yankees, the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, the NYCFC. Like it's, it's an enormous, enormous bid uh, that is in there. So. There could be more than two. Ultimately, um, I'm with you that it seems almost a lock that that FanDuel DraftKings BetMGM bid is in. I cannot imagine that you would put together that large consortium and that it would not have both the political power and the economic strength to be able to withstand whatever revenue share uh, it has purported to uh, give back to the state of New York. Yeah, and uh, that's the other part of this is is. Who is, is anyone going to make money out of this? Like, we don't know exactly what these look like. We, again, we've heard up to 60% of revenue, you know, uh, they may be trying to leverage the size of the consortium, as you say, uh, with a lower revenue share. We'll see on that front, but it's, yeah, it's now it's, yeah, it comes to down to whether, you know, what, what are they, what are the companies doing here? Obviously they're trying to create a bid so big that you can't refuse it. Like if you're, again, you look at these operators and you're like, okay, why would I not take the largest operators, even if it's at, maybe a lower revenue share because these are the ones who are driving traffic and sports betting right now. If you, if you cut them out and you go with, you know, uh, what, what is obviously a, a, a still a good bid that's led by Caesars and some other good brands, but that's just, there's not nearly as big right now. And if you're New York, when you're trying to create hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue for the state in the short term, and what, that's a whole other question, but you, you look at it, you can't possibly look at it and say, okay, we don't want this big group in there. They're going to, they're going to create that for you. So, the, yeah, these are the questions that I, yeah, I have. Like, what is does New York see then? Oh, we should let other ones in, or is that you know counter to it based on the revenue share and creating a competitive market at different revenue shares? There's a lot to be worked out here. That's why we have, I guess, it's 150 days right from uh, from these proposals being received to actually having to to pick one of these. So this will be you know doesn't have to take up all that whole time, but that's the time that's allotted. 
which then puts us into possibly uh, you know, either really late this year in an ideal world, more likely early 2022 for a launch of any of these sports books going, lo- going live in the state. And if you're needing a refresher, uh, there is an article at LegalSportsReport.com that lays out the scoring system that these bids will be evaluated on. Um, and one factor we did not mention previously, the Seneca Nation is also part of that FanDuel DraftKings BetMGM bid, and you do get more points for a revenue sharing agreement with the tribal nation. So one more reason to believe that that bid is right out front uh, in the minds of New York state regulators. But as Dustin said, it likely will be at least early 2022. And part of the reason for that, Dustin, is that Governor Andrew Cuomo, whose model this ultimately is, he and Budget Director Rob Mujica are the ones who came up with the idea of this sort of Frankenstein state-run weirdo platform provider sportsbook operator thing. Uh, Governor Cuomo has resigned because of sexual harassment allegations that had been leveled against him in an investigation by the state attorney general. But let's uh, let's take that giant bucket of cold water that I know is sitting right below your desk and throw it on to anyone who is saying, well, maybe this will mean that sports betting in New York will look different right now. No, it won't. Politically, that's not how this works. Uh, This is in law. This is codified. If they want to potentially go back in future years, Dustin, that might be a possibility. But as for this process where the wheels are already in motion, don't expect major changes. Yeah, I mean, We've seen some Twitter hypothesizing about how this would happen, uh, that the New York State Gaming Commission could go rogue and interpret these things the way they want to. This is this is not going to happen. This is how New York sports betting is going to happen in the short term. Again, you're right. This uh, this could this changes the dynamic for changing the law. This is what you know the sponsors of the bill uh, and ultimately became law in New York have said they want to do is that they want to come back and revisit this. Now Cuomo being out of the picture makes that easier because he is the one who drove this model. But, you know, in the terms of the next several months and into launch of New York sports betting, nothing is going to change. I, I will, you, you can, you can cold take me all day long. This is not going to happen. Uh, you're, you're getting, this is the version of sports betting you're getting at the beginning. And now this, this could honestly, I, what, if anything, this honestly ramps up the need to be in the market now, because you, you now you see a path to, okay, maybe they can make this better. This is what they've promised all along too, right? Is, Oh, maybe we'll go revisit this later. You want to be in now, like you don't want to be waiting. So if you, if you think that's a viable thing, that's going to happen in, you know, a two to three or four year time span, you're like, okay, let's get in, let's let them fix it. But now I'm in, I have users and we can fix this, this revenue share and this model. Um, but I'm already getting customers and I'm already serving this market. Uh, I think that makes it more compelling if you're, you're trying to get a bid through here in New York right now. But yeah, we're, uh, the, the Twitter detectives and hypothesizers on this who are trying to tell, tell, sell us that this may change right now. I don't, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, let, let's not be shy about this. There is one person out there in particular who is trying to push this narrative that the New York State Gaming Commission is going to make up its own, um, I'm not going to say rules, but they're essentially going to go and use little arcane pieces of what's in their rules to try to rewrite the process, essentially. Um, the question I ask in return is, where is the political will to do this? Uh, and what is to say that the incoming in- administration wants anything different done? I mean, this is still Cuomo's administration. The entire administration didn't go away. So the administrators who were in charge of this in the first place are still there. This is not 
changing in the short term. There is no political will to do this. Some of this might require going back to a special session of the legislature. And let me tell you, here in mid-August, in the middle of a political scandal, <laughs> that ain't happening for sports betting. So it's going to look like this in the short term. And if you want to know what folks think about the way that it is right now, great article up at Legal Sports Report right now where our Matthew Waters talked to Jeff Corral from the Meadowlands who called the New York sports betting model a blessing to the New Jersey sports books. Uh, he did not put in in any of the bids. And uh, I would say there's some very interesting quotes that are worth God, going in. Uh, God, God bless Jeff. Why. He is he is one of the best quotes in, in the gambling industry. He, he never pulls any punches. He tells you exactly what he thinks. It's it is a good read. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, worth your time to go check that out. Of course, Dustin, uh, the next thing we're going to talk about here again in just about any other week would have been earth shattering news when we talk about a one point five billion dollar merger and acquisition. DraftKings trying to beef up its iGaming products has acquired Golden Nugget. Uh, that is an all stock deal. Uh, Tillman Fertitta, the owner of both Golden Nugget and, of course, the Houston Rockets, Landry's Entertainment, et cetera, et cetera, said he wanted to be involved with the Coca-Cola of sports betting. Well, as of right now, uh, this might be a little more new Coke uh, than Coca-Cola because DraftKings is running second or third nationally to FanDuel and BetMGM. But this is obviously with an eye to the future. And as you talk about all the time to the fact that iCasino is more profitable ultimately than sports betting. Yeah, uh, and this this pace of of mergers and acquisition is only getting faster. I mean, uh, Golden Nugget only just went public not that long ago, right? So this is the you know two publicly co traded companies basically uh, forming one even larger one. Golden Nugget, I can tell you, is, is uh, since New Jersey Online Casino has been the online gambling that we've had here the longest in the United States, dating back to uh, 2013, and it has been uh, you know except for the uh, recent research. Uh, surge from uh, BetMGM in terms of casino in New Jersey. Uh, Golden Nugget's been long been the leader in this, and it's been, for a variety of reasons, it's been a will to to go into the online casino space. Like Golden Nugget in Atlantic City is not by not even close to the largest uh, brand there. It's Borgata, uh, which is uh, the, an MGM property. So this is uh, you know a, a company that's very interesting to DraftKings, which is obviously also in casino, is in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Michigan. Um, in terms, those are the states right now that we have online casinos. So this is a deal. On that, you know, based on this, this is a company that has done very well for casino. Uh, you know, DraftKings wants to do better in casino. This is a brand that's all that's doing very well in the markets it's in, and you know, it has the you know the tech. They have the people who are know know what they're doing. You know, DraftKings cited a lot of things, but you know, uh, loyalty loyalty programs, cross sell. Um, the, the platform that they're running on. There's a lot. There's a lot of synergy here that can be had out of this, but it really is like it is the full offering of casino and you know trying to own that market again. We we're going to come into 2022 with with chances in states legalizing this as well. Um, you know, it's you know not some of the big states, but you know in Illinois and in Indiana, uh, Missouri have all at least taken a look at casino. And uh, you know this is this is the future of it. You're going to see more states look at this. And I I'll say I'll say this till the the cows come home. Uh, you know, every, in any given state, casino is making more money for operators in the state than sports betting. That's that, that this is a no brainer. If you're opening up online gambling, you should be doing this as well. And you know we we talk a lot about the Michigan launch. Michigan had a perfect launch of both sports betting casino, ten brands all at once. And this is this is what you get. You get a really 
you know, not quite, not entirely mature, but a large market very quickly that moves the needle in terms of, of revenue for casinos in the state and revenue for the state itself in terms of taxes. DraftKings had its Q2 earnings call during this time recently as well. And within that, Jason Robbins, the CEO, talked about the fact that acquiring Golden Nugget uh, is something that broadens the customer base as well for DraftKings, because obviously there are a lot of iCasino, iGaming players out there who have no interest in sports betting whatsoever. And he specifically talked about the fact um, that there are a lot of women that they have not been able to reach uh, because obviously sports betting skews heavily toward the male side. So uh, just a very interesting move uh, by them. Uh, they paid a huge premium uh, to to acquire this company. I mean, a, a huge premium um, to acquire Golden Nugget. But uh, those are the numbers that are being traded right now when it comes to uh, mergers and acquisitions in the sports betting space. And speaking of Enormous numbers, Dustin. Uh, how about Penn National and the score? That's another multi-billion dollar deal that we saw go down last week. And again, let's just wonder at the fact the third thing we're talking about on this podcast is a $2 billion deal in our space, <laughs> which again, we could talk about for, for probably hours upon end about just on this topic. But this is this is what we deem the third most uh, important thing that happened. It's also a little older, I guess, than some of these other things. So we just we moved it down. But Yes, uh, we have uh, Penn National Gaming acquiring uh, the score for two billion dollars. Uh, uh, this is this is a wild one. Uh, you know, this is what exactly they're doing here. You know, the score. We, I think our listeners will know has a betting app as well. This is a you know a core media property that's you know mostly has been a sports a sports app, sports content, things like that. It's uh, largely used in Canada. Well, most of its users are in Canada, but it has a pretty good penetration here in, North, in the U.S. as well behind some of the larger sports brands. Um, so we have Penn National, you know, basically becoming what it, what more and more each day becoming a media company. Uh, it, it looks at the score and it sees, you know, it sees one, uh, I think, a user base in Canada that's much easier to them to market, market to the you know, barstool. What that means in Canada, uh, you know, certainly probably not as as viable as it is in the United States as a as an acquisition and a brand uh, there. So we we're looking at it there. It's a it's a leg into Canada and to an Ontario sports betting and casino launch that will that will certainly help. They're also saying that the, this is because of the the tech that this, that the score is working on. They don't have a fully booked app of their that they have built themselves. They are they say they are working on this and will be uh, a year down the road. But this it seems to be mostly on do, these two things. The the, the core media ent entity. Uh, the the revenue from that is pretty pretty piddling compared to you know the gaming revenue of of Penn National. Uh, they're looking at this from the from mostly from a customer acquisition and from uh, a tech platform. So uh, I don't know what you've heard, but like it's you know you look at it like you don't have a fully baked app uh, or a tech platform, and you're buy so I guess you're buying that on spec, and that's what they you know that's what they push as the largest part of of this deal is that this is this is so that it can be not dependent there, you know, Penn national using can be right now to deliver its sports betting. Um, and they want to get away from that. They want to have their own in-house tech. And, uh, I don't know, that's, uh, without having it being fully done, I guess we'll see how that works out, but it's, it's it, it does seem like a curious move to me, uh, and a lot of money, uh, it goes without saying $2 billion for, for the things we just talked about. Well, a few things pop out to me, Dustin, when it comes to this, the price, as you mentioned, is one of them, $2 billion based upon what the score has produced to date uh, is 
hopeful at best in terms of what it can ultimately produce down the line for you. As you mentioned, the tech isn't fully baked, so you don't entirely know uh, what you're getting there. If it's a play for Canada to some degree, okay. I mean, I, I, I can see that. I mean, Canada is obviously not going to have the profitability that the U.S. is in terms of larger states, but uh, if you believe that the score was poised to make big inroads in Canada, then okay, I can see where part of this comes from. Uh, you talked about the media aspect of this, and look, Barstool Sports, which of course everybody goes to pains to make clear that Penn National Gaming operates Barstool Sportsbook. It doesn't operate Barstool Sports, but Barstool Sports itself is clearly pushing into the media realm as well with purchasing multimedia rights to the Arizona Bowl, apparently, according to some reports and discussions with Major League Baseball for broadcast. So it all seems synergistic uh, together to talk about those things. Um, and just a little a little journalism point uh, to bring up here. We have been discussing the score as an acquisition target for at least a year. Um, DraftKings, I believe, was a name that was thrown around from time to time. And there were some folks from the score side who pushed back just as hard as possible on the idea that they were an acquisition target. Um, let's just call this the freezing cold takes uh, <laughs> portion of the podcast right now and say, yeah, you were an acquisition target. Yes, absolutely. And I think the last, last point I wanted to say on this one, I mean, again, we can talk for, about this forever, but we have other stuff to get to. You know, they, they also you know, covet the customers that their head, the score has, but the score has been, from where we sit, I don't know, this, maybe this is harsh, exceedingly bad at converting their core customers to sports betting. They do not have a meaningful share of revenue or in handle anywhere in the United States right now. Uh, they do not, they, you know, that funnel, which, which I actually think should be a, a good funnel. Like you're on the app, you can say, oh, I want to bet on this. It takes you seamlessly over to the score bet app. And, and that, that conversion funnel has not worked or there's something wrong with how they're converting. Now, can Penn National... And Barstool fixed that funnel. I don't know, but that's the part that's the other part of this is it's really, really strange to me is that like the score, you know, has not been great at this. So we're, you're buying a, a media entity has sort of like had some proof of concept of what they're trying to do. Now, do you, have you looked at this and say, oh yeah, we can fix this. We know it's wrong. Great. I, uh, maybe, but I, you know, the score has not been uh, even close to, you know, I don't know, I'm not even breaking into know the top not even close to the breaking the top five maybe not even the top 10 in the markets which no. it's, in. it's very it's it's a very bit player in all of this so again you're you're buying this on the come on like uh on the on the on the development of an app on on its in its penetration into canada and yeah just you know increasing your media visibility again you know we talk, we talk about these media deals okay now the scores now you're, you're pushing your app through the score app all the time again there's chicken and egg there. I don't know how that's going to work out for them, uh, you know, moving forward, but unless they have some great fix for it. So uh, interesting to see again, 2 billion seems like a lofty member for all of this. I think we both agree, um, but you know, this will, will be handicapping this more like five, 10 years down the road rather than the next year in terms of a return on investment. Yeah. I mean, just to, to, to flesh out that point a little bit, uh, the score is a fairly, uh, you know, intuitive, user-friendly media app if you are going and looking for information. Um, the interesting part to me is that if you think about inherently an app that is based on going to check scores, it's probably more often than going to check, say, schedules. You are probably checking during the game uh, to try to get your information from the score. It seems like the idea behind the score is also something that needs to rely heavily on an in-game product that can kind of, kind of capture you while you're there. 
uh, and maybe convert you over that maybe it needs something that has more of a media element. Maybe it needs to be one of those apps that requires uh, more streaming. Uh, and that, that's a much larger discussion that we can talk about, about how we ultimately merge streaming and information and betting, because, you know, that is certainly the next generation of, of what's coming. Uh, but I have to think that as a, as a play for the market right now, as it stands, which is still in America, largely a pregame betting market, um, that doesn't seem to be ideal for being able to leverage what the score does well. Of course, we'll, we'll come back to this discussion uh, many times over, I'm sure, as this develops. Uh, and I can't believe we're just now getting to the state of Florida, uh, Dustin, which again, could have been the number one story in any given week. Uh, but this week, the fact that the federal government has essentially just kind of watch the compact between Governor DeSantis and the Seminole tribe roll on by floating in the ocean, has not approved it or disapproved it. It has just allowed it to go uh, into the federal register, which means that as of now, uh, Hard Rock and the Seminole tribe can proceed with sports betting in Florida. That, of course, is pending any number of legal challenges. So it's a step in the right direction for getting sports betting in Florida. We just anticipate that between the lawsuits that are already out there and the DraftKings fan duel petition to try to put sports betting on the ballot in 2022, that we are far from this being a finished product. Yeah, I think what I take issue with here is I've seen a lot of reporting that this is happening October 15th, no matter what. Now, yes, uh, in a vacuum, this is this is what happened. The federal government gave gave approval without approving it. This this puts it into the force of law. This means, in theory, the compact allows for sports betting to happen starting on October 15th, uh, both at retail establishments and via an online online betting apps, perhaps more than one than just the, the one the Seminoles and the Hard Rock Digital will offer. And that's, I, sure, that's true, except, you know, depending on who you talk to, you're handicapping this based on these legal issues uh, that are going. Again, this, the letters, the uh, letter from the Bureau of Indian Affairs on this matter, you know, kind of kind of pointed out some of the possible issues that you could bring bring this up and that whether the the federal law that governs Indian, Indian gaming uh, applies here and how, like how how does it get applied to this you there are going to be lawsuits the question is whether there are going to be uh requests for injunction that are granted in the next several months to stop this from happening and you know again depending on who you talk to this could be a coin flip it could be a slam dunk maybe it's not going to happen but that that those things have to those things are going to happen here and you know i don't know how soon this week next week in the coming month but these lawsuits are coming and that's going to you know impact whether we actually see a launch in Florida. And I'm, I'm you know, I ran, I ran a little, a little poll about the people who are kind of in the know in uh, on the Twitter machine. And like half people think drafting, I mean, yeah, Fandle, sorry, Florida will not uh, launch sports betting on October 15th. And yeah, I think that's probably about a, a right. I think a coin flip is about what we're looking at here based on what we might see out of, of this. There's also the dynamic of whether there can be, uh, this is going to be a monopoly or not, you know, hard rock, uh, and the Seminole Tribe have a mechanism where they can operate with other uh, other sports books and let them let them into the market and not just run a run a, a monopoly. We'll see if that happens. Uh, the, uh, the again the BIA said they don't think that's a great idea, but they you know they approved the compact that had this the, this language in it that allows for other operators. So we'll see whether we can get we get a DraftKings or a FanDuel or a BetMGM or anyone else really who's uh, willing to you know work with the tribe work with the paramutual operators there and the mechanism to allow other operators in. So yeah, the big thing here, 
God only knows if Florida, if we're going to be betting on sports betting uh, in October in Florida. I have no idea if that's going to happen or not as we sit here. And I guess I would be betting against it if I had to bet on whether you can bet in Florida in just a few months. And Dustin, you know well um, that the Hard Rock folks are planning as though October 15th is real. Like they're, they're moving toward it. Um, but there are a lot of reasons to believe that uh, that might be a date that gets ultimately delayed. And uh, if you want to know more about the legal ins and outs of this, would definitely suggest going to LegalSportsReport.com. Our legal expert, John Holden, has written a piece uh, interpreting what he saw in the letter from the Department of the Interior. And that'll tell you uh, from a much more informed perspective than any of us can offer uh, what he sees coming. Uh, in short, to give you a little summary, it seems like he thinks the feds kind of took a pass on this and uh, are going to let the courts play it on out. In Arizona, we are still pushing toward a September 9th launch. The application period is closed. There are 20 licenses available, Dustin. There are 25 applications, though. Yeah, I think we saw this scenario coming, is that we're, there's going to be more dance partners than uh, dance spots available. Uh, so we're, it's not maybe as many as we thought, but there's going to be, you know, somebody's going to get left out of this somehow. Um, it's, you know, folks, we don't even know necessarily who the, who the partners are, or who the apps are, but um, yeah, we're, we're going to have a, uh, you know, everything comes together here though. We're still going to have a very robust uh, sports betting market in Arizona with, you know, if you get all 20 licenses, you know, in theory, there could be up to 20 apps then well, alongside that, that's a good, a good start, whether all of those would be ready to go on launch day. Uh, and again, if they even launch on September 9th, they keep saying all this is going to happen, but, um, you know, this has been very quick from from law to to impl- application of said law. Uh, and we're yeah just over a month away. We don't know who's getting the licenses or a lot of that. But the yeah the, the period is closed to do that. And uh, we'll see. It'll be it's uh, but people are excited. You know, this is the you know, the biggest launch in a while uh, since uh, since the winter. And, you know, people are geared up for it, and especially right at the start of NFL season is a perfect perfect storm of of a time to to acquire customers because this is when people want to start betting anyway just at the start of NFL season we know this from the the pace of spend uh and commercials and everything else that we see uh, in the sports betting market so uh it'll be interesting to see how Arizona plays out over the next month and they launch on time just a quick aside by the way Dustin offered his services on Twitter yesterday to evaluate any sports book ads that companies are considering putting out because uh, let's just say a couple of the efforts that we've seen recently have been sketchy at best. Uh, Please take him up on this, please. Seriously, for the sake of the whole industry, he watched the whole DFS ad blitz. He's watched all these sports betting ads. Use the expertise. He's not charging you uh, really. That's about as good of a one person focus group as you're going to get. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I implored FanDuel to bring back Bradley C of DFS of DFS fam. I don't know if he's out there, but man, I would like to see a commercial with him. We saw some draft uh, DraftKings commercials come down today too. I thought one of the two of them was pretty funny. Uh, I think they're pretty good. Uh, so we'll see. I haven't seen. We're looking for uh, FanDuel and what MGM does if they have anything special cooked up. But these. Uh, I know the people in the sports betting states are getting sick of the commercials, though, already. And that was before NFL season rolled around. So uh, uh, there's going to be a lot more of them. And again, I think you and I know, at least, uh, you can't watch baseball games anymore without getting bombarded by stuff. Man, I watch Phillies games, 
And it's like, I, I just get hammered over the head either between batter's eye or stuff in the outfield or live reads or commercials in game. Like it's DraftKings all the time, radio and TV. It's a lot. Uh, and that's just in baseball. This is before, <laughs> this is before baseball's NFL season even rolls around. Uh, it's going to be aggressive anywhere that you have, you know, where especially a relatively new sports betting market. As we record this podcast, I have the Yankees game on TV uh, just beyond the computer here. And if you watch a Yankees game, it is the DraftKings pregame show. Uh, yes, Network has its own uh, free-to-play app, which is obviously getting ready for trying to be uh, part of that super bid in New York. Um, FanDuel is visible right behind the plate. New Jersey's number one sports book is what it says. And then when you get the view from behind home plate and you're looking out over the pitcher, Ooh, who's that in the outfield? Bet three, six, five. So you really can't get away from it from just about any angle of view of the field. That's in New York pitching for New Jersey. Of course, we know that Connecticut is going to announce its partner uh, for the state lottery coming up here. FanDuel and DraftKings are in that market through tribal agreements. Uh, that is one of the things that's coming up here tomorrow. We'll find out who gets that third license in Connecticut, a little farther up to the Northeast, uh, Massachusetts decided to park the car and they are not moving it forward with any pace right now, uh, at least fall before they continue consideration of a bill that's already passed the house that's over in the Senate here at the moment. Uh, Dustin, I guess everyone is off at Martha's Vineyard for the summer. Yeah. Taking some time off, I guess. Uh, I mean, Massachusetts has been slow. Why not continue to be slow? Uh, I don't know. They've been, th they've been, they've been passing this around for forever. You think you just, they just get it over with. It's, it's, it's going to happen someday, but it is, it is wild to me. DraftKings headquartered in Boston has not been able to get this one over the, over the finish line. It's been uh, a long time coming and who knows if it even happens this year now. We could go through every earnings call that has happened here in the last week. We could talk about uh, little things like North Carolina moving forward a mobile bill in committee. I also could point you right back to LSR, to LegalSportsReport.com, or to LSP Report on Twitter, where you will find all of that information. And you can follow us on Twitter, of course, at Adam Candy, at Dustin Gauker. Find more of what is happening in the legal sports betting industry in the United States. And my God, it's a lot. So uh, when we come back next week, I believe we will have more Matt Brown for the podcast. It's a good thing for everyone. But for now, Dustin Gauker, Adam Candy, we will see you next week here on the LSR podcast. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.